she's far more valuable than you realize. Uh, how do you mean? To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not simply their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy, art. Greetings, Forsketeers, and welcome to another episode of Ghost Stories, a Rebels podcast here on the Random Chatter Network. I'm your host, Spectre 7 Mike, and joining me tonight, as always, are my co-hosts, Spectre 8 and Spectre 9, Ernie and Lindsay. How are you doing? Good. Doing well, Mike. Now, before we jump into the meat of the episode, I really just wanted to point out, we got our Rogue One trailer, like we mentioned, and Yay! what did you guys think? It was everything I wanted. I I am so excited about this movie. I can't I I can't handle it. I'm so excited. This is the Star Wars movie I've been waiting for for years. One so. of the things I even pointed out on the the retro convo because uh, we talked about it there was that the trailer was building up this this story of hope for a good reason. Like I feel like the character development we're going to get attached to these characters. I don't know if all of them um, are going to get killed off, but like, you know, well, a couple of them should. And just imagine that connection we're going to have to it and just the, the feelings we're going to have after, you know. So that's that's the, the thing I noticed about the trailer. Yeah. And I I guess the one thing I, I'm really excited about is I one of the reasons I always really liked the extended universe, um, the legacy universe, which doesn't exist anymore, as I always say, <laughs> um, <laughs> is that we were allowed to have books that got into, you know, the grunts we had, you know, the X-Wing pilot books and things like that, where we didn't always focus on the grand epic people who had force powers and were, you know, the main characters. And now we're finally going to get like a movie about the grunts and the people who did all, who were doing all this stuff behind the scenes and we've never had that before. And I'm so excited that we're, they're getting their own time to shine. And that's what I've always wanted. You know, that's, that's exactly what I've been saying about this movie is like, this is, this is the star Wars movie. Like I want to see, like, I like, yeah, Jedi are cool, but I'm kind of tired of that story. Like this is the star Wars movie I was waiting for. And it's, it's, you know, it's here. It's practically at our gates. Um, I was listening to a little bit of the music cues earlier. Um, just it was playing in the background, and I, and I just like the hype just started building inside of me, and I just I cannot wait for this movie. Uh, another reason I can't wait for this movie is because we got a little. It, it's not officially confirmed, but it's a blink and you'll miss it cameo appearance by some hammerhead ships during a certain you know battle scene. So. I mean, Rebels confirmed, not confirmed, hashtag maybe. <laughs> That's the <laughs> thing about no, this you... trailer, though. Like, there's so many hidden things that you blink and you miss it, you know? So yeah. there's so many things still coming out that people are catching. Yeah, and so, like, obviously, if we get any more confirmation of things from Rebels, we don't, again, we don't know for sure if these are from Rebels, but we do know that, these are pretty rare and old ships that not very many people have. So the, you know, it's it's kind of there who these belong to. So, but yeah, if any more Rebels info comes out, we are definitely going to talk about it because that's what this show's about. For sure. 
So now that we got that out of the way, diving into our episode, Hera's Heroes. Let's see our official episode description. When the Empire occupies Hera's home, she decides to personally recover a family heirloom. But a new Imperial commander named Grand Admiral Thrawn is waiting. So, Lindsay, <laughs> you're, uh, your boy. I know. In center. And he was so good. Um, again, I know that they said that they passed everything by um, Zahn. And it's clear from this, just as an overview, it's clear that they really kind of have. He, We've gotten to see more of him in this episode. This is kind of the episode where he really is allowed to breathe a little bit. And we get to see more of him in action. And he truly is the Thrawn that I know and love. And it was really nice to see him on screen being the cold calculating person that he can be and really out, out maneuvering everyone, including his own Imperials, which was just great. But we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. We'll get into that um, as we get into the episode a little bit more. But of course the main um, issue here was, you know, Hera's family was, in trouble her her father Cha- i'm gonna mispronounce his name i always do cham sindala yeah cham cham i mean they they pronounce it several different ways on the show sham <laughs> cham sham sham sindula we open up with them you know running away what i have forgotten his second in command's name uh he was writing with numa who numa, was okay. who I just I love that they brought her back. She was kind of a one-shot character from Clone Wars. Like I think it was like the third episode. Okay, see, I forgot her from Clone she, Wars. It's been a well, while. That, well, that's the thing. Like she was, um, uh, she was on Ryloth, and there were two clone troopers, Waxer and Boyle. Rest in peace forever, guys. Um, <laughs> who, <laughs> who basically like saved her, and she kind of became their little sister. Um, and they just kind of grew to care about her so much that they, um, on their armor, I believe they had a little picture of her painted on it Aww. or just like, of just like blue Leku. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of goes forward. So now the armor that she's wearing on her arm is their colors, the, the orange stripe of the two twelve. Um, and I think it says waxer and boil somewhere on written on it, but I just I love that that carried through. Yeah, that's and such I, a like, great callback. Can I just say but, that uh, I would take a blurg over a tauntaun any day? Because those things are <laughs> yeah, no, sweet. Blur, those blurgs, yeah. those blurgs seem like they definitely handle a lot better than a tauntaun. Yeah, they seem they, they seem pretty friendly too. <laughs> they look like instead of miniature horses to a horse, it's like mini T Rexes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, like I thought they like they were kind of like ostriches but yeah kind of kind of like t-rexes i guess but yeah that entire that entire opening scene with them being chased and the ghost coming to save them and the maneuvering was just a great it was a great great opening action plot really i I loved it like i definitely got some like firefly feels oh Mm -hmm. yeah because like just the way the ghost was kind of creeping up and how they pick up the mule in the movie Serenity. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was that was definitely, definitely this scene. But 
the thing that I love that capped it off was that the scout trooper got the idea to jump onto the ship. <laughs> didn't think look, about he, it, did you? <laughs> yeah. And it didn't work And look, it did not work out for him, okay? But when he no. did it, I was like, you go, you go, scout trooper. I was, that was, yeah, so, I was so, I was so proud of him. I was, I was so proud. So, but, the, but so then you got Zebs. You didn't think about this, did you? Which just kind of brought that scene up to the next level. But then the next thing that I loved yeah. even more was like, hey, kid, do you have this one yet? And he's like hanging out on the rail on the top of the rail yeah, there. Just watching. Nah, I don't have that helmet. After Zeb knocks out the scout trooper and takes the helmet for Ezra. You know, they, they start to ask Shem, like, what's going on? And he tells her that there's this new Imperial commander who came in, like, and kind of took over everything. Because the one who's been there, Captain Slavin, has <laughs> kind of been kind of been not the smartest Imperial captain. And so this new one who came in really took over the show. And that's Shem's never seen anything like this before. Precise okay. and swift. But that's when he lets them know that they've that the Imperials have kind of moved into their, their house, like moved into the Sindula household. And mm-hmm. that's their new base of operation, which is kind of a jerk move. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But hey, after seeing it, you know, it's a really nice fortress. It was a pretty nice place. I mean, for for Ryloth, which is typically, you know, dirt mounds and, you know, in legends, I think they all used to live underground. So it wasn't even that mm-hmm. great. But kind of seeing their place was not not too shabby. I, I would kind of move in there, too. But he specifically mentions that he had to leave everything behind. And that's what kind of pushes Hera's button that their special Calicori, which is kind of like it seems like it's kind of like a heritage quilt where every member of like a Twi'lek family they draw something on it and pass it down to the next generation. Well, and they, they even, I think they refer to it actually as like a totem. A totem. Because yeah. it looks well, yeah, almost it, like well, a totem. Well, it's like a totem. A, it almost, like it's not a... Like a totem pole almost. A small totem pole. Well, that's yeah, a, no, no, no. It's not, I'm not saying it's an actual quilt. I'm saying it's like a heritage quilt. Yeah. No, that's a good description, yeah. <laughs> though. I think so. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. But that's kind of the thing that like pushes her button the most because mm-hmm. she realizes like that's, that was something that was her mom's. Like that was, that's, something that means pretty much everything to her because she we we never hear about her mom like and i think this is actually the first time we actually see her mom in the yeah. picture that in the picture that later they have uh we find out they have in their old house yeah it is so that's when Hera kind of decides she's going to take it on herself to go on this mission personally which is a little reckless and i think some of the crew mm-hmm. even kind of mentions it like mm. I don't think this is the best idea, but I mean, if anyone's going to break into a Twi'lek household, I mean, it might as well be the Twi'lek that you have on board, especially because it's her house, you know? Right. And she knows it like the back of her hand. Basically. So we get a cool part where Ezra changes into the scout trooper uniform, which I, he's a little short for a scout trooper, to be honest. (laughs) But I mean, but it worked. I mean, it, it looked, it looked good on him. Um, but they come up with the cool and that he found her on patrol, that he's the missing scout trooper. And I think it's very interesting that she puts on a, a accent, like almost like a, like a lower class accent for like, I guess what would be common for the people on the planet. 
would have. Well, yeah, like that's her. That's her natural. That's her native. That's her native accent. Um, we saw her kind of slip into that when she was arguing with Sham last season. Mm-hmm. Like she got so heated in the argument that she kind of slipped into her home accent, which I thought was like a great like acting thing by Vanessa Marshall, who just had a uh, birthday the other day. So happy birthday, Vanessa! <laughs> um, but it was so cool, like to kind of watch that, and it was a cool callback to make sure, like to bring that back in and make her use it. Like, cause she's not above doing these kind of down and dirty missions and she will use every trick she has is, you know, even pretending to be a lower class slave and dr- adopting her native accent again. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so they Lindsay. get, yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Yep. So they, they infiltrate the, the household and everything seems to be going, um, relatively well for the most part. Um, Actually, I'm going to stop you there, Lindsay. Yes. We just totally glossed over something. What did we we, the, we did. The plan was to create a diversion for those two to get in, but Kanan used his lightsaber. Oh, yeah, the lightsaber. Dude, that, that battle oh. was awesome. Like, I was really into it. I'm you know, sorry. They had, yes, I'm sorry. I forgot Kanan. No, I want Kanan. you to talk like Thrawn, <laughs> yes. but I just want to like build up no, that moment. No, it's good. It was great because we, the, we had the AT8... Uh, ATST. Not an AT, the ATST going and everything, and that was that was a really really great scene. You're right. We oh, can't forget that. It was so amazing. But yeah, like I felt like this moment was big. Like Kanan's using his his lightsaber again. It was just no. Yeah, you're right. Like yeah, and we see him deflecting like laser bolts, so we know he he's able to see at least or sense these things now. So he's it it, it was cool to kind of see Kanan back in the saddle. It, I mean, it, it, granted, like it wasn't his moment, like a, a like a big power moment for him, but it was one of those things like you notice and you're like, ah, like that's awesome. The other and thing it, I glossed over was when they pull up to the house, yes. and they see the junked out Y-wing. crashed Y wing. Oh yes, and Chopper kind of has a moment about it. It's like our second we, touching touching moment of of Chopper. <laughs> yeah, Chopper. but we yeah, but we find out like this is where. Hera found him because we we knew Chopper was Hera's, but now we like find out now how. We know he, how. Like, yeah. yeah, now we know where she found him. She basically pulled him out of this old Y wing, but her father decided to leave it there as a memorial. Which means which, that you know, obviously, his former owner, you know, his former masters died in that Y wing, so it's it's very upsetting yeah, for him to I was, see his old. I was I was a little worried that Sham might have just left the body in there too. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> like he just, doesn't just Chopper goes over and sees this little skeleton and goes and goes and yeah. touches it <laughs> whoop, with whoop, his whoop, little. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I was kind of like I, I get what they were going for, but it was kind of like a weird thing if you think about it for too long. I mean, you thought yeah. about it too long, obviously, and I, and I thought about it for far too long, so. <laughs> Oh, God, that would have been horrible. Thanks for taking away that touching moment, Mike. I appreciate it. (laughs) No, it's still touching. It's just touching, but yeah. It's just a, it was just, (laughs) it was just stuck out. It just stuck out to me. So, all right. So now we are in the house and they find it relatively easily. Like, it's kind of cool how she's sneaking around and they get to basically like a big room. And she's digging through like their personal effects, and she finds the Calicori. 
And she talks about it for a little bit, and then she's like, okay, now we're going to get out of here. We're going to take these tunnels that only I know about it, and there's no reason for the Imperials to come down here. And they sneak down, and it's like that in uh, Last Crusade, where where Indy, like, in the fireplace scene, where they spin around and they find that whole office of Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They find this whole office of Imperials, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, and it's so it's clear that whoever is working this now if it, now we don't actually know if this was Thrawn who decided to expand down into the tunnels or if it was Slavin but whoever it was they clearly I, I would assume it was Thrawn because Thrawn this is something that Thrawn would do is that he would fully explore a place and use all of it to its best you know capability and, yeah like that makes the most sense because because Thrawn realizes that this is like a fortification like he would want to know every square inch of it yeah that's his deal and that uh secret exit too was just like used for like a melee run mm-hmm. that's what she mentioned a melee run yeah yeah so is this uh is this where our big boy gets revealed it is well, it is. All right. well so it's before you. they they find the secret exit because they were trying to go at the main exit and, then, and they couldn't because he comes through the main doors. Yeah, Slavin but that's, and Thrawn. But something I liked is they don't know necessarily who he is. No. Like, they, they've heard of this Imperial, like, Grand Admiral before, and they know he's, you know, a tough guy, but they don't know that he's actually a Chiss. So, like, we hear Ezra, who's the blue guy? Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of interesting. But Chiss are, for the most part, just not very common. No, especially... especially in legends, they were they weren't they weren't uh, common either. And I think in legends, yeah. they were off living in the outer regions mm-hmm. and weren't like they didn't come in until way 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 into like the New Jedi Order era. Let right. alone in the uh, Imperials. You know? Imperials. So yeah. well, the yeah, Imperials that was very speciesist. Yeah, yeah, like that was always the big thing was that like Grand Admiral Thrawn was a ranking alien in the Empire. So we see. I kind of got the hint that Slavin didn't like him. And like that kind of speciesist attitude was kind of coming out through that. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's very interesting. And the, they do, they do a very, very good job with Thrawn and keeping him completely cool and collected. And it's clear. He thinks Slavin is completely beneath him and he's playing Sl- Slavin this entire time, but he lets Slavin run his mouth and talk about whatever's going on and he just listens and he'll point things out here and there. Well, the difference in attitude as well. Um, Like Slavin kept going like, how dare you, you know, or like he would interject kind of angrily all the time. Well, Thrawn was very cool, collected. Even the animators, the way they created him, very like chest puffed up. His chin is up. Very well done. Yeah, so I don't, if, if we want to get go ahead and get it to where everything goes uh, not so well for our rebel friends. Yeah, go ahead. You so are. obviously, um, they have to try to go out through the main doors. Chopper does his very best to create a diversion, <laughs> and it's a very cute diversion. <laughs> he tries so hard, but it doesn't work, and Hera's captured, and. Luckily, well, luckily at the time, Ezra is able to keep his 
his cover and captures help helps capture Hera and they bring Hera to I I would think was the main living quarters the main yeah. living quarters of her family because that's where the family portrait is. Like I thought that was really like that was really cool of Ezra to kind of come out from behind the I think it was like a computer screen. Yeah, like the little screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and basically like wave the other two stormtroopers off, which. I mean, wouldn't technically happen because he's a scout and they're like actual stormtroopers. But I feel like he kind of used a mind trick to kind of wave them off. We didn't get the musical cue of him using the force, but that's mm-hmm. that's how I took away from it. Well, and also they clearly had screwed up by being distracted by Chopper. So he was conveniently there and not being distracted by this, you know, patent diversion. So it would makes sense for him to be the one to, you know, be like, oh, well, I obviously didn't fall for that trap. And so it makes us believe that everything's fine, at least on Ezra's end. Yeah, I I kind of think that Thrawn knew something oh, was up oh, at this point. Oh, Thrawn knew. Oh, he did? Okay. Oh, he totally did. <laughs> the, the guy, when he, everybody is playing checkers and he's playing a 3D version of chess. I mean, that's kind of how... Wizard's chess? Yeah, yeah, wizard's <laughs> chess. I mean, that's kind of how that's kind of how Thrawn works. And especially when people don't know who he is and haven't experienced him. He's always ahead of the he's ahead of everyone's game. Um, but they take her to the room and start interrogating her and she's saying I'm just a, you know, I'm just a poor I'm just a poor slave. I'm just a poor servant. I didn't mean to do this. All these oh, things. Like I just wanted to say. I just wanted I just to sell wanted to save, the. You know, sell, sell the it. totem. Sell the sell the calicori. That's all I wanted to do was get so I could have food for my my family, and you know, and Slavin is buying it, and is yelling at her, and obviously completely buys this story because he doesn't he he doesn't consider the Twi'leks to be equals and he thinks that they're lower creatures and then you have Thrawn who's just sitting there and listening taking it all in and then he starts going into his little speech where he starts talking about how while he was I I can't remember the exact phrase but I love it where he was like I was not you know I learned war but you were raised in it you were bred in it and it's clear that he respects her but it's clear he's figured out who she is already because there's a darn painting on the wall of her. It's not hard to figure it out, but Slavin's too emotional. But I love that speech he gives where he's, he's showing his respect for her. And that's one of the things that Thrawn always had is he had respect for his enemy. Even if he was going to destroy them, he under, he was never, he never underestimates the enemy. So he's sitting there going, you know, I get this. You you were raised by this. Of course you're angry, and of course you you have these tactics and all of this. And this is a, and he knew exactly what the Calicori was because he studied the Twi'leks. So he knew what why she wanted this, and so he was able to you know he had pieced it all together. He's like Sherlock Holmes in that way. I was going to say I love that uh, we started kind of getting a little bit of the Legends uh, book in there, like. Because the way Heir to the Empire opens up is uh, Thrawn is like in his like little room, his office, and his all these art pieces. Yeah. And so we kind of get our first hint of, of Thrawn that he studies these art pieces. So he's looking at this totem with total admiration. 
you know, and, and, and it starts to unwind a little bit, especially a little bit later with Slavin. Yeah, but, and I'll get into I'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's our first wink, especially when he looks at the painting. He's like, like Slavin, don't you know who this is? And like, kind of points at the painting. It's Hera, the leader of the rebellion. Like, it was it was so awesome the way he did it. Yeah, he was like, look, we we it's and I like how he's like, and he's like, we're guests. She, you know, because he they basically he was like, and we're guests in her home. And, which is a put down to her being like, hey, oh, we're we're in your house now. We own it, you know. But he's like, oh, but, you know, we're, you know, he called. I like the way he called it out. It was like, you know, we're, we're her guests. And it was just great. And then, of course, Ezra, <laughs> oh, <poor> Ezra. <laughs> decides he's going to be like a big hero. <laughs> and then it doesn't work. And Yeah, and can we talk, like, Thrawn has to have super fast draw to get on Ezra. Yeah. Yeah, and so Ezra tries to to shoot Thrawn, and uh, Ezra and Thrawn uses a stunner on him and just takes him out. And what I love is that um, Slavin is like, "How did you know?" And he's like, "They always try something." It, I can't remember the exact wording, but he's basically like, "They always try something heroic and stupid like that." Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> rebels always try to save one another or something. Yeah, they always try to save each other, but it's like he's clearly like they always try something stupid like that. Like they're always going to try something selfless and not smart. <laughs> so it's like he knew that Ezra. That's why he allowed this stormtrooper in the room to listen to a grand admiral and a captain talk to uh, someone they're interrogating is not normal. Normally, they would have made him stand outside the room. Yeah. So Thrawn made him stand there for the reason that he knew. He, he may not have known it was Ezra, but he knew it was someone he needed to deal with. Um, All right. Well, you've convinced me. He, Thrawn is smart. Yes. <laughs> what is also very smart about this is that he, what I think is very interesting is, again, Thrawn is playing the long game. We don't quite know what Thrawn's game is besides destroy the rebellion, but we don't know how he's planning it. But what he does is he basically lets Slavin take the lead on what, Slavin wants to do in this situation. He basically tells Slavin, you know, it's your choice. You know, and, the, and then of course Slavin puts together the whole plan where he wants to arrange a deal where Cham, uh, where they'll exchange Hera and Ezra's lives uh, for Cham if Cham turns himself in. Which we don't re- get a read on if Thrawn thinks this is a good idea or not until at the end of the episode. But it's clear that he's allowing this to go on and he's yeah. just watching. And st- it's almost like he's studying Slavin, too, to see if Slavin has any brains left him in him. <laughs> yeah, I, I got the idea that Thrawn didn't think it was a good idea. But like you said, like he was letting him do it to kind of study. It, I think this. Yeah, this was more of like a long game. Science I'm going to let I'm yeah, I'm going to let Slavin lose for us today so I can study the rebels to fight them in the future. Mm-hmm. By the way, there was a moment too where Gobi uh, kind of said, uh, like, you're too important. And then Cham said, well, you know, like my daughter isn't. I was going to say, we like, cause we always get, we always hear that like Sham was a terrible father. And ever since they made up last season, like that was a really cool character moment for him. Like he realizes like, yeah, like, Hey, my daughter is very important. Not only to, me like she should be but also to the rebellion 
Like mm-hmm. Sham's a great military leader, but he's only a, he's only a great military leader like on Ryloth, whereas Hera is fighting for the grander rebellion. Yeah, and then of course, um, while this is going on as well, Thrawn has decided to keep the Calicori for himself because he wants to keep art. And and one of my favorite scenes and a very good showing of of them getting Thrawn right to me was Slavin basically tells Thrawn that they should just destroy the Calicori. It's you know and wants to destroy it and almost tries to grab it from Thrawn and wants to destroy it. Oh, that was and awesome. <laughs> Thrawn goes from completely stoic to grabbing Slavin and anger. And that is Thrawn to a T. He will be completely stoic, but the very few times he ever lost his anger in books was over people messing with his art. Um, actually, in Legends, there was a piece of art that he really liked um, that Admiral Krennel tried to ruin. And Admiral Krennel lost an arm over it. So All right. Thrawn will cut people. Thrawn will destroy people if they touch his art. I mean, he cut somebody's arm off in the books and that guy was an admiral and this guy's just a captain. So that little showing of Thrawn losing his cool over a piece of art was just amazing to me. It was just a nice little nod to like what he cares about. And I was, I was so excited. I had to like stop it and then rewind it to watch it again. <laughs> I was just like, Oh, but like it's, and I, and I was like, man, like it. It was really nice to see. And of course, again, they're really getting Thrawn right to me. I think they're doing a really good job of balancing what they're trying to do with Thrawn's character and trying to please the people who knew him and loved him in Legends. Oh, you know, but that was. I was thinking like the emotion that was behind that, like anger, was very much telling Slavin, "You're inferior to me." You are nothing. How dare you think this, you small little brain? And it was just like this zero to a hundred. And yeah. then all of a sudden he just pulled it back and kind of like dusted off his shoulder. And it was just like like himself reminding there's a longer game in this whole thing. But <laughs> I, I was there with you. I rewound the part as well because it and was it's, so it's, cool. <laughs> it's so clear that he values art over certain people's lives <laughs> <laughs> he's just like you're this art is worth more than you don't you ever forget forget that and i uh yeah it's it was amazing to me i like when uh ezra woke up by the way in the cell mm-hmm. <laughs> he was just like what happened <laughs> yeah <laughs> he and didn't even realize I, I really liked the way harrow was like you know i maybe i shouldn't have done this this was really really selfish but, you know, Ezra backed her up and said, you know, we wanted to help you with this. You would have helped us if we were trying to do anything like this. And we've done things that were for ourselves as well. And you always backed us up. So we're family, you know. And that, again, is just a great way to show. I, I love how much the Ghost crew are family and they're always willing to, you know, help and support each other. Yeah, like that was so great for like Space Mom. Hera to kind of just sit there and admit like, Hey, like I probably shouldn't have done this, but Ezra backing her up just, it just, it really sells you that this, that these, this team is a family, which is kind of the point of this episode as we'll see later. 
So <laughs> Chopper comes <laughs> into the comes into the cell, lets them know that you know they're you know he's going to free them, lets them know what's going on. But I love their plan to distract them, and Hera comes up with the plan to blow up her home, which you know, <laughs> is, is sad. But Chopper takes such like glee in it, <laughs> especially Chopper's when he so finds excited. the explosives. He like, finds Woo-hoo. the explosives and is just <laughs> he drives through. He finds the explosives <laughs> and just is so happy, giggling to himself, just slapping him on everything. Plus, uh, when he broke into the cell, because Ezra has his ear to the door, like Chopper just busts in and knocks Ezra towards the back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, that's favorite things about Chopper is he just he doesn't care. Yeah. No, there's so much, you know, I know that they didn't model BB-8 after him at all, but there's he's almost like a cross between R2-D2 and BB-8. There's this this happy medium of just gleeful childlikeness to him. I see. I don't get that at all. Like, I don't I get, either. See, I get I, and I, old man. And, yep. <laughs> that's what I get. Yeah. yeah, and I yeah, and I get something that's I don't know. No, 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 no. Here it is. R two is Hank Hill. Oh no. BB eight is Bobby Hill. Yes. And <laughs> and Chopper is Cotton Hill. Yes, that's perfect. There that you go. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> Settled. So that is that is it. That is Chopper. So now that the exchange, in fact, right? In fact, it works because R2 is the tallest and Chopper lost his shins, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so he's so short. I love this analogy. It's, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> but I just like looked up pictures of I had forgotten what he I had forgotten what he had looked like. What Cotton looked like? What Cotton looked like. And now I'm just imagining. He killed 50 men. I, I oh god took my shins in the war, <laughs> but the exchange uh, is now happening, right? Yeah, right, so right. The, exchange, the exchange is coming down, and Hera. What what I like is they they decide that they're going to do the exchange simultaneously because neither side trusts each other. But I love that Hera apologizes for what's going to happen with a hug. <laughs> yeah with a hug like i'm like i'm sorry father Uh, he's like no don't worry about it like trying to be all brave she's like no i'm sorry for this and And then i i'm glad that they allowed uh chopper to be the one to hit the button especially when he like he he goes by slavin he's like droid like get back here like yeah like that's what i love it's like he he's (laughs) slavin is so worried that like (laughs) chopper is going to embarrass him because it's (laughs) You know, this droid's just wandering out in the middle of a serious negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. And then do 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 Chopper, do it. So they blow the they blow the house. Well even Everybody before that though, uh oh, Thrawn says, Okay, let's see what you have. Like he's watching from afar in his Star Destroyer. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's, so, he's, so he's, he's left. <laughs> no, exactly. Like that's that's what we were talking about. Like uh, he he has to be studying them at this point like mm-hmm. so far well, away it's like it's like watching an ant farm to him <laughs> there you go yeah. <laughs> the episode of analogies here folks well look but look here but harris house kind of looks like a giant ant, ant farm. Hill. <laughs> yeah, it does 
That's what I thought. It looked like a big like termite hill, like one of those t- the the termite hills you see in like Africa, like the the way that they built it with the you know mud and dirt and stuff. I mean, yeah, that's that was kind of. I, I think that's like one of the things that they brought over from Legends was mm-hmm. that Twi'leks or Twi'leks, however you say it. Um, I it's Twi's to me, so. Um, <laughs> but no, like the Twi'leks, they lived underground, in in Legends on Ryloth. So I, I feel like that's something they still put over. Yeah, and they just built this one up a little bit. Well, yeah, and like he was the leader, so he got the nice house, basically. Yeah, the mayor's but so house. It's obviously everything's exploding and they all escape on Ghost. Again, we get to see Kanan using his force powers and his lightsaber. Well, he redirects that missile. Oh, yeah. 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 That oh, was cool. So cool. I like giggled like a little boy when I watched that episode, <laughs> and I'm giggling again because it was so awesome. I think I was talking to uh, Randy from the other show, uh, just saying that like Kanan is, I think, literally my favorite Jedi. He really is. Aww. Kanan's just one of my favorite Star Wars characters in general. Yeah, he's really. I, like, I like him too. He's so complex, and they just keep making him more and more complicated and interesting. It's just really great, especially because like the first two seasons, he like he's always been described as that cowboy. But now he's like a complicated cowboy, you know, he's, he's got other things going on and it's a new Kanan. So and just watching him trust himself again, it just it's amazing to watch. I just I'm loving every moment and every like step of Kanan's journey. Yeah. But of course, everything goes they get, they get away and Thrawn's watching and clearly is impressed with what Hera has pulled off. And so lets them go. And Slavin, of course, is like freaking out and over the comm link and yelling at, you know, being like, aren't you going to like stop them? And he's like, no, they not. earned their victory. They earned their victory. They, they're good. Yeah, that's the second victory he's that Thrawn has let them get away with. When, he's when he could have blown them. He could have just blown them out of the sky. And I think he says, too, that he found the experience very enlightening. Yes. And so, poor Slavin, he is not long for this world. <laughs> he's not going to last. You don't so, you don't fail like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I got a feeling we're probably not going to see Captain Slavin anytime soon. No, if Thrawn allowed it, but Tarkin won't. So we get to the end of our episode and kind of the moral of the story and kind of what I think Hera needed to realize that that was her home at one point, but the ghost and the crew, that is her family now. Yes. And we keep, I keep mentioning it every time, but because this show just keeps reinforcing it. The ghost is a home. Like the ghost is very much, a safe place for them and like where they can all kind of just be a family. Like they're all misfits, but they all came together here on this ship. And there's something magical about that. Yeah. It's, they don't need, she doesn't need the Calicori to remind her of her family. She's got it right there. Yeah. She'll always, she'll always remember her mother, but yeah, like her mother is gone and her family is here with her right now. And I, she better think that because the gravitas of the bad decision she made, you know, and not realizing how important she is to the rebellion, 
Like, yeah. And they were willing to go with her bad decision and, and help her and, you know, just to make her feel at home. But, you know, she comes to the realization she's she's at home. I like the little shot in the back where Zeb is like giving um, Ezra like the noogie on the head. It was like very playful. Like it was almost like watching little brothers, at you know, fighting. And uh, they were like the parents at the table talking, you know. It was a really mm-hmm. cool shot. And it's it felt like family even to me. It felt like a Thanksgiving. No, exactly. And that's that's what I love about this crew is like they are such – a family. Can we talk uh, about the long game? We can talk about the long game if you want. Yeah. I'm just I'm just curious if you guys either one have any thoughts on what his long game is or even what his downfall will be. Oh, see, my problem okay, so my problem with downfall is is the one flaw I the one problem I have with rebels is they always waste i always feel like they end their villains too quickly so i have a feeling i i worry that he's going to be a season a, a season a one season villain um so I, you know i don't i wonder because my long game would be more than this season but i don't know how many seasons if this is going to be our last season if we're going to have a season after this so it's hard for me to pl- to determine what would be his downfall because i don't I don't see them outsmarting him. Like, I don't know how they outsmart him. Well, see, I, I would I would have thought his downfall is just that he keeps letting them go. He keeps letting them, like, fight another day, you know? But see, I think he's he's building up to something, though. Like, he's letting them go for a reason, because each time he lets them go, he's learning something more. Right. And, and, and I, that's, I totally that's agree with you, too. <laughs> And that's but but that's what he always does, and that's the thing. Like, it, yeah, he could blow them out of the sky, but if he does that, he doesn't learn where the rebels are right now. So I think what he's the long game. I would assume, in theory, and I am no thrawn in my brain, would be to find the rebels' stronghold and take them out at the root, as opposed to trying to take them out at the edges is to find their core and then strike them and take them out at their very core. And if he keeps letting them go and doing all these little things. Eventually he's, they're going to slip up enough that he's going to find out where they are. And there's going to be an attack on the rebel stronghold to the point where it's going to be that kind of fight. Yeah. See, and I, I I'm there with you. I feel like this season is going to end kind of badly because a lot of, they're getting a lot of heavy hits this, this season. I feel like we're, we're really starting to see the rebels. Well, the first season was really lucky. They were like going by the seat of their pants, but they were succeeding. And then like season two, it, they started kind of taking some hits, but I feel like they're really getting blown up on this one. And um, I, I would totally agree with you. And the suspense that's being created is they keep thinking they're getting away scot-free and they're getting away. They're only getting away because he's allowing it. Yeah. And they don't know that. And also in Legends too, right? Wasn't his his right-hand man that ended up killing Thrawn? It wasn't like any enemy. It was just like his right-hand man or something like that? It wasn't his right-hand man. It was... Uh... Like one of his servants. That's mm. it. Yeah, it's been years since I wrote, read that read that book. Yeah. So it was never he never got outsmarted by any rebel or anything like that. It was, it was from inward. Ah, so, good stuff. But it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with him because he's so much. He's a very different type of character that they than they've had before. You know, the season has, feels like they've really started to. It's almost like watching a, a runner getting off the block. 
you just start seeing them getting faster and faster. That's the way that I feel like this the season really feels like they're really hitting their stride. And this episode really made me feel that way. You know, it just was so mm-hmm. intense, especially that moment where like Thrawn was like in Hera's face, like whispering in her ear almost. Yeah. Like, creepy. That didn't, that didn't feel like Y7 to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, any closing thoughts, Lindsay? I just I know you're going to have a bunch about Thrawn. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just really, really pleased with what they've been doing with them because they, Thrawn is one of the few characters that I have from the legacy that I have real strong feelings about. Um, and he could be done. It, it wouldn't be hard to do him wrong. I think, especially on a TV show. I think it's easier to do him in a movie where he's, he could be around for like, you know, 15 minutes and then he's gone or five minutes and you don't have to spend time with him. But I think they're doing a very good job and have really understood what makes him tick and what I love about him and what his place in the show has been so far is to really raise that suspense factor because every time he's around, I genuinely get a sense. I I genuinely start getting really worried for our rebels because I genuinely feel like they're out of their depth and they, they, they can't compete with this yet. And I love that feeling because everything else has been, almost physical they have had some mental battles that they've been fighting but a lot of the the fights they've been doing are very physical fights and this is a pure mental game and they don't realize that yet and i i love that because they don't know enough about him yet so it's i'm really interested to see where it goes forward and i i love this episode so (laughs) a week we can tell (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) i thought Hera was awesome and i really love Hera, so it was great to have a Hera centered episode as well Ernie, any thoughts? Yeah, I'm I'm there with Lindsay. I'm I'm sitting back enjoying the moment. I feel like this uh, this season, I feel like we're going to lose one of the ghost crew. And mm-hmm. watching everything unfold, I'm like nail biting what's going to happen next and then not knowing what Thrawn's end game is. I mean, I can kind of guess, but I don't know what the steps to get there are going to be. And that's what what's making me nervous about this season, but it's such a great season as well. And this episode just kind of hit another home run for me. So I'm I'm sitting back enjoying Thrawn, but he's also literally scaring me because <laughs> he he is so calculating, so cold. He's like that one boss you meet that's so above everybody that you even get nervous, tongue-tied. And so I f- mm-hmm. I'm feeling my emotions that way watching these episodes. So I thought it was just a great episode. Well, you what about you, Mike? Kinda, you both just kind of took the words out of my mouth, like it, especially what you just said, Ernie. Like this is kind of the boss that you you just you don't know how to talk to because you know he's so good and that he could crush you in any moment. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, no, you guys said it perfectly. So. Um, well, hey, I guess that will bring us to the end here. Uh, we will see everybody next week for The Last Battle, which is an episode that is really kind of making me a little tense because this is a Captain Rex heavy episode. And from what we've seen in the clips, I just I, I got really scared last season. So well, I, mean, I think we'll you see. I think, yeah, it, it makes me nervous, too. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But. Anyway, guys, that is going to do it for another episode of Ghost Stories, a Rebels podcast. 
you could find me, Mike, on Twitter at it's the Rocketeer. That's I T S the Rocketeer. Spectre seven or Spectre eight, rather. Where can we find you? I'm on Twitter at Betty with an I E Bloodshed or at SDCC Nerds Attack. And Spectre nine, where can we find you? I'm also on Twitter, but by the way, Lindsay, I wish I had your uh, call name there, Bloodshed. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> uh, but I am at Ernie TRC. You can catch Ernie and I on our other show here on the Random Chatter Network, the Retro Convo. Uh, you, and speaking of the Random Chatter Network, we got a ton of other shows here: Echo Base, Outer Rim, the Cordcast. Ton of stuff for you to look at. Uh, I think. Didn't uh, Arrow just start again? So Green Justice is still going. Scarlet yeah, Velocity also. Scarlet Velocity. And uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Do, yeah, we should do a Supergirl show on the network. Oh, God, that'd be amazing. That's a great show. You should do a Gotham show. No. Nobody, sh- nobody should do a Gotham <laughs> show. Shut up. I love it. <laughs> That's only you, Lindsay. I'll, I will do the Gotham podcast. <laughs> all right guys uh if you have any questions for us if we missed anything in this episode please send us a tweet at ghost stories pod on twitter that way we can talk about it in the next episode but until then we will see you all next week next week